How's it going, everybody? This is Whosoever Will. I'm Forrest. I'm Hunter. And we will be tackling the tough questions. One take at a time. And our question today is, what are your motivations? And what I mean by that, what we mean by that, is where do, you, where do your motives come from? Do they come from Christ or they, do they come from your cravings? Right. So our first craving that we're going to mention that that can happen quite often is a craving for fame. Forrest, do you have a take on that? I do have experience with that. As most people in today's time, fame is a big, a biggie. Uh, a lot of people want to be known. They want their name known. They mm-hmm. want to be looked at highly with a lot of people. And for me, I'm a golfer, in case anybody doesn't know. And uh, I'm a college golfer right now. And my dream is to be a professional golfer one day. That's something I've dreamed of for years. And Sometimes I do crave for that fame, you know, not just the fame of everybody loving you, but the fame of knowing that your name is in the professional yeah. light, you know, and that's something I crave, you know, and sometimes it might not be the most Christ-like thing because, I mean, sometimes I do. I mean, sometimes I try to do my best to, you know, pray to the Lord that if I do become famous in golf that I do it within His way and I mm-hmm. spread His word and I do it for Him if it's His will, but at the same time, we all have that worldly mm-hmm. mentality, and sometimes you just want it. You know, no matter what the case is, no matter what you have to sacrifice, you want it. And that can be wrong if you look at it in the wrong mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I, I know how it feels to crave something like that, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, as a society, we've put so much emphasis on sports idols, mm-hmm. political idols, and we heap so much fame. I guess. I was going to mention Gloria as the other one, but those those go together. They do, yes. So, like Chris mentioned Sunday night about the Jesus backpack, that that is a really good idea because we need if if we attain any kind of glory in this life because people heap it upon us, our first priority should be to put that in our Jesus backpack mm-hmm. and say the only reason I'm able to do any of this is through Christ. Right. Right. And he has given me the strength to do this, or he's given me the ability to do this. And one thing that that comes with that is we get these ideas in our head of what a person should be. For instance, when you think of the model man in this society that we live in, it's somebody who can score a bucket. It's somebody who can hit a hole in one. It's somebody who can score a touchdown. Somebody mm-hmm. who's got a lot of money somebody who has a lot of influence. But that's not Scripture's view of a, of a man, right. a man of God. Right. Uh, the man that Scripture presents is a, is a lowly man mm-hmm. who knows his place and uh, who is fluent in the Word and is always ready to give an answer mm-hmm. and somebody who represents a picture of God on this earth right. Right. and somebody who, who is pure and, and righteous. And the only way we can attain those it's through Christ. Right. I mean, you know, Christ is the only perfect person to ever live. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously nobody, you know, any nobody more perfect than Jesus Christ. I mean, he was the only perfect person. And if you compare him to somebody in today's time, you know, let's talk about, like, people. Like, for example, I'll name a famous person, you know, in football, you know, you got Tom Brady. Everybody knows mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Yep. He's one of the most well-known quarterbacks of all time. Some Most people... 
consider him the greatest. He's won six Super Bowl rings. Uh, you know, his wife is a supermodel, and she's also got tons of money. Uh, I've seen pictures of his mansion in Tampa right now. It's just mm-hmm. humongous. I mean, Tom Brady is living what most people consider the ideal life. I mm-hmm. mean, he's everything people want to be. But if you look in the scripture, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, necessarily living like that. Yeah. I mean, people make it, yeah, and they, we, they're good people. Don't get it twisted. We aren't condemning right. having things in right. this life. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if you look at Jesus, you know, Jesus had his disciples, and Jesus was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't, I mean, if yeah, he wanted to come... Very, Lucrative job. Right. And he's Jesus Christ. I mean, he could come. He's God's son. He could literally come down and be, be whatever he wants. He could be have been king, the most, yeah. yeah, he could have been a king. But he decided to be a carpenter and walk mm-hmm. amongst people, like, the, you know, the disciples and help the poor and mm-hmm. the sick and the people that, you know, yeah. that the uh, the religious, what are they called? Pharisees. Pharisees. Sadducees, the, yeah. yeah. The ones that they would want him to be. And uh, he wasn't like that at all. He was poor. They said, in a verse, he didn't even have a place to lay his head on down on. You know, he was as about as poor as you can be. But mm-hmm. he's the most perfect person to ever live. You know, mm-hmm. so like like I said before, I want to just reiterate it. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having money or fame or anything, but it's not required. I mean, you, you can be much happier if you live for Christ yeah. than if you have money and fame. You will be. You're gonna be. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um. And one way, and I think about this is th- the way I tackle this is to think about what is really life. Like, what is the point of us building so much hype around these people or trying to feel that by ourselves of trying to get money, trying to do this and trying to do that on our own? But in Matthew chapter 6, Christ asked, is not the body more than raiment? Mm-hmm. Everything that we do really doesn't matter here other than what happens spiritually and what we can do for Christ, through Christ, and share Him with other people. Mm -hmm. Because everything that happens on this earth is going to come to an end. All these uh, ridiculously athletic basketball players, all these really, really good golf players, all these really, really good football players, all these rich politicians who have so much power here right now, or so they think, everything happens through God's allowance. But all that's going to pass away. And all that you're left with is your soul. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's Charles Spurgeon. I'm not really sure. But he said, let's see, if I, I got to get this right. He said, you don't have a soul. You have a body. You are a soul. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is so um, looked down upon, that statement uh, in this society. Because it's all about build up, build up, build up for yourself. Nobody wants to attribute anything to God that happens. The governor of New York, when all this COVID stuff was happening, he said the reason all these people are dying isn't because of God, it's because of me. And everything that people try to do in mainstream media is push things away from God's control and and try to attribute themselves with it. When every bit of it comes through God's allowance and his preservation of their soul. Because at any of us, at any point, we could be taken out of this world. At any moment, your heart could stop, your brain could stop functioning, and you'd be standing before God. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we just really overlook. And that's the most important thing is where our soul is going to be. Right, and that could be anybody. That could range from, 
you know, the homeless man living down the road in a behind a store to, you know, I don't know, Vladimir Putin, you know, and mm-hmm. his as much power as he has, he could die like this and be standing for God just as quick yep. as a homeless man could, and he could lose it. He would just be the same. Yep. And that brings to my mind of uh, Lazarus and, and the rich man. Right. Uh, where he didn't have anything, and the rich man died and immediately lifted his eyes up from hell. Mm-hmm. And he saw Lazarus, and he said, please, just put some water on the tip of your finger and let me put it on the tip of my tongue. That's all I need. Right. Because we're it, it's... We get so wrapped up in the things that we have in this life and the things that we want to have. And part of that, well, the largest reason for that is because these people don't have Christ. Mm -hmm. When you have Christ, your priorities change. Yeah. Your wants change. Definitely. Your motivations change. You're constantly searching for something to fill that God-shaped hole that's in your heart. And the only one that's going to fill that is God himself. Right. That's that's true. I mean, I can't really expand on that much more because I mean that's 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 a fact. I mean, that's all that matters is what you do for God because mm-hmm. you know it's not a matter of what you have. It's a matter of you know, it's a matter of who you have. That's what I was trying to say. It's not a matter of what I have on earth. That's good. Yeah. It's a matter of who I have. Yeah. In my soul. I Absolutely. Mean, if I have Jesus, then I've got more than somebody that doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to rub that in anybody's face, but I'm just saying, if you have Jesus, then you're richer than any rich man in the mm-hmm. world that doesn't. It's just, and it's a hard saying that if I have Christ, I could go with having nothing for the rest of my life and still be whole. Right. And people don't understand that from a non-Christian worldview. Because everything that they have is built around what they have. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason uh, all these uh, views that come into play in our nation. I'm not saying one is God-ordained versus another, but socialism is about just give everybody everything. And for for those people, it's to have what other people have. Mm-hmm. It's the spread of wealth. Right Now, I'm not saying that in, its, that in and of itself is wrong. Or capitalism is in of a in of itself wrong, but when we lo- start looking at the things that we can attain and then we can have above having Christ, that's where things start going wrong. Right. Yeah. That's true. So we're gonna move on to our second point. Or mm-hmm. uh, let's see. So Christ or your cravings. So now we want to touch on. Is Christ your craving? Is Christ what you're searching for? Is Christ your motivation for what you do? Right. And I want to get a little more in depth on this other than just is Christ number one in your life? Is, is everything that you're doing is for him? I want to talk about specific things that we do. Mm-hmm. For example, mission trips. Because mission trips can be a thing that can be severely abused in, oh, yeah. in their intention. So if you go on a church mission trip with your church or with your church family, what is your real real reason for going? Mm-hmm. Is it a vacation or is it a destination to show Christ right. to these people who are depraved of Christ? And we need to always keep in mind that Christ should be number one, the number one priority. Uh, the guy I was telling you about, Taylor Ransom, as a joke, 
he, he was making jokes about this because it, it happens a lot more than than what we think it does. Oh, it, yeah. But he was joking about people going on mission trips, and he said, at, from a viewpoint of a person that was on the mission trip, he said, now, just like our pastor said, we have to have a continental five-star breakfast because you can't feed the hungry people if you're yeah. hungry. And <laughs> that's so true because... A lot of times in our environment, we have all the things that we we have ever wanted. We have never really been in need for anything. Mm-hmm. And the reason we are going is to help these people who are always in need. Right. Like, we want things. We want to go eat somewhere out. We, with those people, would love just to have a sandwich, you know. And uh, that's, we have to keep in mind that our motivation should be Christ and Christ alone when we go in those places. Right. Because if he's not in preparation to go in, if you're not searching for Christ to lead you in that, if you're not uh, asking God to bless that and to be moved upon that and to be with that mission trip, the whole rest of the group will suffer, even if they are all oh, yeah. asking for God to help for that trip. Yeah. And to uh, go on to the point where he talked about, where he was talking about, you know, you can't feed the hungry people if you're hungry. You know, I just think of Jesus because I don't. There's not a whole lot of parts in the Bible. I don't know if there's any. I mean, you could correct me on this. That you know, Jesus went to help people, and it even says that you know he ate first, or he ate, or yeah. he gave himself. When he went something. to feed the five thousand, he was like, "Hold on, let me get my stuff first. Yeah, and then I'll give and you. And then what's I'll pull this miracle, and you right. guys can have one. He didn't left. say that. Yeah, he yeah, he put people's put people's needs before his own always. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, I mean, most of the time without him getting anything, of course, he gives and puts himself last, you mm-hmm. know. And I feel like that's how, that's the perfect image of what we need to strive to be like. I mean, I'm not saying you should starve yourself or anything, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying like sometimes you might go to help people and you're not going to have enough to make it all perfect and just a great time, you know, you mm-hmm. gotta you make sacrifices, not just food, but all kinds of stuff. Sometimes to help other people, whether it be uh, like the mission trip we went to Nashville the first time, we had to walk around in the rain and it mm-hmm. was pouring down the rain. Oh yeah, and it was pouring. torturous at times. And those people still had to sit out there. Oh yeah, they still had to sit out there, yeah. and, and they didn't all have jackets. Mm-mm. They didn't all have uh, nice rain jackets right. that we had on. They, they didn't laying have out in the open. Yeah, no. and they, it was just pouring rain, right. flooding. And we decided that if they had to sit in it, we were going to. We were going to help them, yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that's decisions you have to make. And I'm not saying that to glorify, saying, no, you know, oh, no. we did this. No, I'm just saying that sometimes it won't be ideal. You know, a lot of people think of a mission trip like, oh, we're going to go and help people. It's going to be beautiful outside. They're going to be so thankful. We're going to get mm-hmm. all this from it. We're going to get be a great. good Instagram profile picture yeah, from this. we're going to get we're everything. We're going to get a bunch of likes. Yeah. But sometimes it won't be like that. Sometimes you'll go and it'll rain and you might not Thunder, get... lightning. Yeah, you might not get many thank yous from this. Sometimes they'll mm-hmm. just look at you, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you'll come home and nobody will even know you went, you know. I yep. mean, so... Sometimes you have to make sacrifices, and sometimes it won't be the most ideal situation, but you have to look deep down in your heart and think, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for, you know, the proverbial fame, as you said, as we talked about a minute ago, Mm -hmm. or am I doing this because I really want to help somebody as Jesus would? Mm -hmm. That was a really good point. Now, another thing 
another craving that we can have is a craving for acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that can kind of go hand in hand with the glory and the fame, but I don't think it does. Right. Because that happens on a much more personal level. It does, yeah. Um, and a much more intimate level with who we are, uh, especially if you don't come up with a famed lifestyle and or a famed family and you're just kind of an average Joe like everybody else. Uh, that that craving for acceptance can be especially overpowering. And there's nothing I've ever felt more accepting happen in my life than when I was saved and welcomed into the family of God. Mm-hmm. Because that that's what it's, we were made for. It's the best feeling acceptance you can have. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the only, it's really the only feeling of true acceptance. Mm-hmm. Everything else that you'll that you'll find if you try to go to a sorority or fraternity or if you try to fit in with a certain group of people, it'll leave you feeling out. Yes. Because those people, and unless you're joining another brotherhood or sisterhood of Christians mm-hmm. where you are part of a body, and unless you're joining one of those, it's not going to be true acceptance because right. they don't have the same motives as what you will. Mm-hmm. They don't care about whether you eat or not not tonight. They don't care about how you feel. They don't care about your salvation. They care about their acceptance there, too. That's why they're yep. there. Yep. And when you have yep. multiple people who are there just to be accepted and to be cool and stuff, you know, each person isn't going to care about that other person. They care about how other people look at them, mm-hmm. not how a person's looked at, you know. Exactly. And... Uh, just as I mentioned before, it, when you when you are welcome into uh, the kingdom of God and, and the church, you're part of a body, mm-hmm. and there's nothing more <laughs> accepting than being a irreplaceable part of a body. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that God can't go without us. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But to be part of a body, you're working together with other members, mm-hmm. and they depend on you. And they draw strength from you. And there's nothing more accepting in this life or in eternity than knowing that other people care for you the same way that they care for themselves. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And talking on a more worldly level, too, I can talk from experience in the past as a... And I'm sure you can, too, because most people can. That's our age, age especially. But, like... I, being a golfer, and I know you ran cross-country and played Mm -hmm. basketball and stuff in your past, you know what it's like to be on a team Mm -hmm. with people. You know, as a freshman in high school, you know, I had some people on my team that, you know, they they said a lot of bad things. You know, they would either cuss or they Mm -hmm. would make dirty jokes or, I mean, just all kinds of stuff that they did, you know. And, you know, the people that hung out with them, you know, were the people that laughed at it and said it to and enjoyed it. But for me that year, I remember being a freshman, I didn't talk to them a lot because I, I didn't feel comfortable. So they'd mm-hmm. kind of be like, you just go over there and do this or whatever. And I kind of felt alone, you know, at yeah. times. And, you know, I wanted to be accepted onto a golf team as a freshman because I wanted to be a great golfer, but they wouldn't. some of them wouldn't accept me. And I had to go find other people on my team that were Christians mm-hmm. and people I played with. And then I started to grow and I become a golf, bigger golfer. And then now in college – I have friends that are prior that are Christians, but, Mm -hmm. you know, there's people on there that say some stuff, you know, that you shouldn't laugh at or be with, you know, Mm -hmm. but you'll get that thing like, oh, I need to go over there and laugh with them, whatever, for acceptance. That's the worldly acceptance. And, you know, that can be the toughest part, really, because you want acceptance. I feel like as a human, 
you know, on earth, the way we're made with the sin in mm-hmm. us, that that's big, you know, mm-hmm. just being accepted and being like where you walk up and they're like, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, come on over here, you know, as opposed to just like, oh, he's here, you know, you want to mm-hmm. feel accepted. Yeah, you want to feel loved. But, you know, I feel like with an exception to when I was saved, that was the most acceptance ever. But second to that, one of the biggest accept uh, being accepted I felt was uh, a couple years ago when we did the first Bible school, mm-hmm. me, you, and Bryant, you know, the big three, mm-hmm. we did our first yeah. uh, skit. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I was kind of close to Bryant because I went to school with him, but me mm-hmm. and you weren't that close of friends. We'd yeah. go to church, we'd talk, but we weren't that close. And I feel like all three of us grew together mm-hmm. as, you know, being in the youth from that. And, you know, it came to where I would look forward to Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings where we'd come and, you know, hang out and talk, you know, learn about God, talk about it. And Bible schools were fun. And mm-hmm. I just felt like it was a lot more fun when I felt accepted in our youth group. And it was fun because, mm-hmm. you know, we were growing mm-hmm. all along. Yeah. You know, it felt like we're coming to have fun and do fun things, you know, because we did do a lot of that. And we do a lot of that. But... We were growing and learning mm-hmm. the long way, you know, and I never knew it would lead us to be able to make a podcast like this. Yeah. But all along, that and Kevin, and it was all growing us to be ready for times like this and stuff to talk mm-hmm. about acceptance. That's and, good. you know, it's that's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like out of all we've talked about today, acceptance is the big one. Being accepted mm-hmm. in a society is a big thing, but being accepted into God's kingdom and the brotherhood of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the best acceptance there is. There you have it, Forrest, bringing the facts. <laughs> I do occasionally. You know, I'm yeah. not the kind of person that yeah, spits out machines all the that, time. That's but. solid stuff. Um, and I completely agree with you. And now, because uh, for you, for example, because you've had that experience, you can help others feel that acceptance when they, when they come to this youth group. Right. You know how to talk to these people. You know how, how to get involved with these people. Mm-hmm. These kids that come in, they don't always have the best home lives. Uh, mo- more often than not in this area, it, it's quite rough for them. And that's something that you know we're aware of now, now that we've gone through school and we've had friends who have had that same situation. And we want these kids to feel loved when they come in. And that's another thing that we need to be aware of. As we're sharing Christ or we're in a church and we're inviting people to church, even if they aren't saved, we still want them to feel loved. Yes. And that, that is our ultimate goal um, as Christians sharing God's word. It's not to just condemn them and tell them they're going to hell. It's to love these people mm-hmm. and to lovingly tell them, listen, what you're doing is wrong. Right. And what you're doing is, sent, is going to send you to hell. Mm-hmm. And just like it was me, just like it was you. Before Christ, we were all headed to hell, not because God is sending us there, but because we willingly chose to reject him. Mm-hmm. And then he made a call on our lives just as he does every person on this earth, at least once, not promise another one, but at least once he will reveal himself to you and call him to you. And it's your choice to reject or to repent of those sins and put your faith in him. Right. And that makes me think of something else. I'm glad you said that because that made me think of something uh, you know, we were talking about acceptance, you know, and whether it be acceptance, you know, into the family of Christ or in the church, you know, you know, the big acceptance is the one you have to make. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good too. Yeah. You, uh, I mean, we were all destined to go to hell. 
and we we deserve it, really. I mean, for how we are, you know, Absolutely. We're, we're very sinful, and we don't do like we should, and we all deserve to go to hell, honestly. But even even still, we're not we're not gonna we're not saying we're perfect. We no. still make mistakes. Oh yeah, but no doubt those mistakes are erased through Christ's forgiveness. Yes, and then we blood. continually ask for forgiveness right. and continually repent of those sins. Right. Continue. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, but. You know, the acceptance there is what God is willing to give us. You know, He offers us, mm-hmm. you know, eternal life to live with Him in heaven forever. And all we have to do is accept it. You mm-hmm. know, that word acceptance, it means a lot. You know, you might be uh, getting accepted into whatever, you know, worldly things, whether it be college, you get mm-hmm. accepted to, a sports team, you might get accepted to, uh, like you said uh, earlier, a fraternity or a sorority, you know. Whatever it is you get accepted to, there's a lot of things in this world that people are like, I want to get accepted to that. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the only exception that you make is accepting what Christ gives you. And that's all yep. you have to do. It's a gift. Yep. And you just have to accept it. And, you know, like my dad said for years, when somebody gives you a gift and you don't accept it, why would you do that? It's a gift. You don't mm-hmm. have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything. You don't owe anybody. All yeah. you have to do is accept it, and it's yours, and that's all you have to do. And I, I mean, that's the biggest mm-hmm. acceptance you could make in life. Now, now that you've said that, I want to run through some of this, the, the psyche, if you will, of people who put off coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Me, for example, the only reason I never came to Christ until I was 16 years old was because I didn't want people to look at me funny when mm-hmm. I got up. That's the only reason. That is the only reason I never came to Christ. I never accepted that free gift, like you just said. It's completely free. Now, there are things that come with that. We It's a constant working away from sin. Mm-hmm. And as you grow in Christ, you realize that Christ is much, much better than all those things okay. that, you, that, you, that you had because of the joy that he gives you and the peacefulness of knowing that no matter what happens in this life, you're completely saved from it all. Right. You're completely saved from hell. It doesn't matter uh, what kind of illness or any financial problem that happens to you in this life because you have the ultimate gift and you have the ultimate uh, privilege of knowing Christ. Right, yeah. And speaking of privilege, as a Christian, and we're speaking in terms of privilege of you knowing Christ, why, do, why are we not sharing it with people who are unprivileged? Exactly. Uh, that's a big thing in our society is people who are privileged, and we're trying to give it to people who uh, don't have those things. We need to focus on that in our spiritual life too and and who we're sharing it with and why we're sharing it with them, right. going back to our motives. Right. Um, we need to make sure that we're sharing Christ with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Just like that uh, reference you made the other day, you want to go through it again about the bus and the kids? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Um, for instance, if I'm driving down an old road and I come up on where the road's falling out and it's a huge ravine, it's 40, 50 feet down, and I know a couple miles up the road, a bus turned on the road behind me, but I don't see him yet. Why, is it loving for me? Is it right for me not to walk back as far as I can just to make sure that that bus is not following me? It's a school bus that has, I don't know how many kids on it. Could be five, could be 20. Is it loving for me to not say something to them? No. And <laughs> that's something that we get mixed up in this, in this world. Uh, 
the the point of people make of Christ not being um, universal to people, not being to all people, or it's hate speech, or it's hateful because people are going to go to hell if they don't believe what we believe. But we're telling you this out of love. Right. Now, like we said the other day, not all people are. Some people are saying it in a, in a very wrong way. Yes, there are That some. doesn't mean that they are hateful people, but there's a right way, and, well, there are right ways of, of telling people about Christ. Uh-huh. And we are telling you out of love right. that what you're doing is wrong, and you're headed toward this ravine that's called hell, and you're going to be there for eternity, and there's no way of coming back. Mm-hmm. But just as I was there for that bus to wave you down, we're here now telling you ahead of time so you're aware right. and that you have time to stop because God is calling you to stop and repent and come to Him. Yeah, and that, that goes into the acceptance again. I mean, there's so many things that goes with acceptance. Uh, there are plenty of Christians out there, and I don't want to disclose myself. You know, I mean, I've done this plenty of times. There's a lot of times where you have chances to witness to people, mm-hmm. but you don't, and one of the big reasons is acceptance. You know, you don't want that person to, mm-hmm. you don't know what they're going to say, or you don't know yeah. what the person next to you is going to say, or you don't yeah. know what whoever's going to say because you're worried that they won't accept you if you say, hey, you know, I'm a Christian, I'd like to talk to you about mm-hmm. the Lord. You're worried they won't accept you. You know, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? You just be quiet about it and go on. Well, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing. That's the t- one of the toughest parts. That's been tough for me. You know, I know I could have done a lot more. I had friends in high school that I know were lost, and they said some stuff that, you know, I would never repeat, you know, and it was sad, you know, because I feel sorry for them because they're lost, and I know it, and I know they're, you know, bound for hell. And I tried to talk to some of them, but there was a mm-hmm. lot of opportunities I had where I didn't talk to them. Yeah. And I have to live with that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's on my hands. Mm-hmm. I could have, but, you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of acceptances out there. Mm-hmm. And the acceptance of people, how people look at you because of, being, of witnessing is a big one, you know, and that's one of the bigger ones for sure. And what you said about high school, I, I went into that when we were at VBS yes, remember last that. year. And that was really hard for me. That was when God was calling me to preach. And that was one of the moments where, because I was trying to fight it. I, you know, I, di- I didn't want to do that because I know the implications that come with it mm-hmm. and the consequences of if what I preach isn't true, if what I preach is false, I'll have so much more on my head oh, than yeah. anyone else. Oh, yeah. So, at, at, but at that point in time, uh, I think that was my first year out of school, out of high school, and God really laid it on my heart to tell these. And there's a lot of teenagers in there. Oh, yeah, that was a lot. A lot of uh, kids that were co- going into high school. It's a school. big Bible school. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was huge for us. Yes, it was. Um, but not to waste your high school years, because those will be the years that you will encounter more people, I believe, willing to hear the gospel than any other time. Because during that, you have a relationship with all these people. You don't develop the same relationships in college as you do in high school. Right, right. There's a way lower number in college. Oh, yeah. And that is your prime opportunity to share Christ. And I didn't do that. I lived for the glory and the fame. Mm. I, I went to state twice. It, it, it felt good then. does not matter now. Right. doesn't matter one bit. My life is no different that I went to state than if I had, had never been in the top five on my team. doesn't make a difference. Right. But what made a difference is that I didn't share Christ like I was supposed to. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, that was, that was a great point. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that one too. I, I played golf in high school and I went to the state twice just like you did. And, mm-hmm. uh, for me, you know, I did a lot of stuff. I was the first boy to ever go to state, you know, I broke records and I did a lot of different stuff and that still stands with a lot of people. Like I'll go to some of the high school football games, you know, to see some people that I used to know and everybody's like, Hey Forrest, you know, how's golf going? Or Hey Forrest, you know, I need to play golf sometime or Hey Forrest, just something about golf. Cause that's what I'm known for. And I'm big mm-hmm. for that. And, uh, you know, it does mean something to me deep down, but at the same time, we talk about future. We talk about after death. Mm-hmm. You know, stand for God. Ain't nobody gonna care that I no. made the state or that I was broke all these records yeah, or I played golf. You don't get to take the trophies with you. No, they don't care. It's no. like, what did you do? You know, what I mean. So it yeah. comes down to uh, witnessing to people and helping people get there. You know, that means way, way more than any sports accomplishments mm-hmm. ever. I mean, there's no comparison whatsoever. Yeah, because that's all that matters is Absolutely. what you do for God. Yeah, that's all that matters. So. As we wrap this up, what we're going to try to do is relate all of this back to Christ. And we've made several points, and um, we, we've not really been as all over the place as we have in the past. We've kind of stayed pretty much on, on what yeah. we wanted to do. Um, but the way that this relates back to Christ, again, are your motivations, your cravings, or your motivations for Christ? Mm-hmm. What are you doing as a Christian? What are you doing in your life that shows Christ, that helps you grow in Christ, that helps you live for Christ, that helps you make decisions through prayer on where Christ will lead you to do to do those things? Yes. Because if you look for opportunities and you ask God for opportunities, they're going to come to oh, you. Oh, yeah. And you're going to have to grow if you're going to ask for those opportunities because there are going to be people that are going to ask some tough questions. Why should we do this? What's the point of this? Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to answer those. Be able to answer them. Yes, we do. And um, hopefully we've uh, brought some attention to some of these things that we don't always think about but are very prominent. So like our cravings, for example, these people are looking for something. And we've given you some a few of those that replace the God-shaped hole or try to. As Christians, we need to be able to give a reason why God fits that hole better than anything else. Yes. And so we hope that this has been um, a good thing for you, that uh, to those who, are, who have listened. Uh, we hope that you can use some of these things. Um, and if you have any questions, reach out to us and we'll try to answer them. That's right. So Definitely. thank you all for listening. Thank you, guys.